Growing up, many people develop a fear of dolls, finding them creepy and unsettling. Their frozen childlike expressions and unblinking eyes have sparked more than a few nightmares, haunting people's dreams from childhood into adulthood. And though many come to the realization that these fears are usually irrational and silly, they aren't always unfounded. What is up, Iwu crew? Today, we're talking about one of the most famous and possibly most terrifying dolls of all time. Most of us know Annabelle as the haunted doll from the Conjuring movies. But what many people don't know is that there is a terrifying true story that inspired those horror movies. And it all started with the Annabelle doll. Today, we will be diving into the real story. One that is a very different tale than what was portrayed in the movies. The terrifying true story of the Annabelle doll began in 1970, when it was given as a gift. Though clearly a toy intended for children, the Raggedy Ann doll was strangely given as a 28th birthday present. One of the biggest differences between the truth and the movies is the Annabelle doll's appearance. We imagine Annabelle as how she looked in the film, a slightly decrepit, realistic-looking porcelain doll. However, in real life, the true Annabelle doll is a classic Raggedy Ann doll. Rather than the more childlike doll used to terrify movie audiences, the real Annabelle looks like any other red yarn-haired, sweetly smiling doll that could be found in many children's toy boxes. The gift was for Donna, a young woman who worked as a nurse from her mother as she thought it would make for a lovely birthday present. Little did she know the horror she had just welcomed into her daughter's life. Almost as soon as Donna brought the Annabelle doll home to Hartford, Connecticut, and the apartment she shared with her friend Angie, she quickly began noticing strange things about it. The doll appeared to have the ability to move. When left on her bed, Donna would return to find that it had changed positions from how she had left it, crossing its legs or arms, or falling over on its side. At the time, most of the movement appeared confined to Donna's bed, where she often left the doll. Though certainly unsettling and creepy, the doll wasn't yet threatening. Things escalated quickly, though. The doll would move even farther, ending up in completely different rooms than where it had been left. Sometimes it would even find its way back into Donna's room after it had been taken out, and the door was still shut tight. The positions it was found in also changed, eerily appearing to look more animated. It would be left sitting and be discovered standing up on its feet, or balancing against a chair. Strangest of all, the roommates once found the doll kneeling upright on a chair, which when they tried to recreate the position with the doll, they found they couldn't. Because of the Raggedy Ann doll's cloth legs, they wouldn't stay bent in a kneel and would make the doll fall over. Yet, they had found it sitting vertical by itself with no problem before. At first, Donna and Angie dismissed any sort of paranormal explanation, initially believing that they had an intruder in their home, 
playing tricks on them by moving the doll around. But even though they never found any evidence of a break-in, the doll continued to move. Since they already believed an intruder to be the cause, the girls did their best to secure their home. They couldn't deny the supernatural for long, though. One day, while the roommates sat at their breakfast table, they watched in shock as the Raggedy Ann doll's arms raised over its head and it levitated up onto the table, almost as if to say that it would not be ignored. After witnessing an incident like this, most of us would throw away a creepy doll that appeared to have the ability to move all on its own. And yet, neither Donna nor Angie chose to get rid of it. Instead, both girls found themselves fascinated by the doll and its strange abilities. And at this time, there was no real reason to be alarmed. At least, not yet. Soon, Donna and Angie would find haunting notes written in crayon or pencil on parchment paper left on the floor of the apartment. But neither of them kept parchment paper, and they had no idea where it had come from. The unsettling messages would read, Help me, help us. Even more worrying, they once discovered the doll looking as though it was leaking blood. Donna had come home to find that the doll's hand horrifyingly appeared to have blood on it. And three of the red drops were also present on its chest. Donna never found a source for the blood. No longer able to explain or deny the doll's movements and horrifying notes, the girls believed that the doll was trying to communicate something to them. Seeking help, they found a medium to come and hold a seance at the apartment in the hopes to uncover what the doll was trying to tell them. As the medium contacted the spirit, the roommates were told that the doll was possessed by a six or seven-year-old girl. There are conflicting reports on what happened to the girl. Some say she had lived and died on the property before the current apartment had been built, and that the girl's body had been found in a field while others believe she had been killed in a car accident just outside the apartment. Either way, the medium told the roommates her name is Annabelle, and she's in that doll. The medium then instructed Donna and Angie to welcome the spirit of Annabelle Higgins and give her permission to inhabit the doll, as the spirit felt comfortable being with the girls. Apparently, Annabelle Higgins was seeking a place to stay with the roommates in order to be loved. The girls did as they were told, hoping that by welcoming Annabelle, the more terrifying incidents would end. But to their dismay, they had only just begun. Once the medium left, Donna and Angie began acting as though the doll was a living human being, treating it with kindness and taking care of it. The girls even gave the doll a small metal bracelet, but the spirit inhabiting the doll wasn't satisfied. The doll's true and terrifying nature couldn't be denied after an incident involving Angie's fiance, Lou. Lou stayed over at the apartment one night, opting to sleep on the couch, where the Annabelle doll was left sitting on the opposite end. He woke to find that the doll had moved to stare at him. Just as he started to feel like he was being strangled, though there was no one else in the room, 
When Angie heard him wake up, they went to check on him, and Lou told her, I just had the craziest nightmare. I had a dream that the doll there was crawling up my leg and got to my neck and was trying to strangle me to death. Lou reportedly grabbed the doll, still disturbed by the nightmare and the feeling of being choked, and threw Annabelle across the room. As he threw her, he allegedly shouted that the doll, quote, is nothing more than a Raggedy Ann doll. She can't hurt anybody. Apparently, his actions upset the spirit animating the doll, as Lou was immediately attacked. Much like the scratches left by claws or cuts from a scalpel, Lou found four deep wounds slashed across his chest and three over his stomach. The cuts were hot as though they had been burns. The girls and Lou believed it was some sort of spectral attack from Annabelle. Oddly, the deep cuts actually healed remarkably quickly and were totally gone after only two days. Lou was once again attacked at a later time. As he and Angie were looking over maps for a road trip they were going to take together, Lou heard a noise from Donna's room, though she wasn't home. When he went to investigate, he found the door closed, but could still hear something moving within. When he opened the door, he turned on the light and found the Annabelle doll laying in the corner on the floor. As he went to investigate further, he got the haunting feeling that someone was standing behind him. Turning, he thought that no one was there, yet suddenly he found himself bent over and struggling to breathe. There are some conflicting stories that say this was actually the moment Lou was given the seven deep scratches. Either way, with these horrible repeated attacks on Lou, the roommates came to the sickening realization that the spirit of Annabelle Higgins was far more sinister than they expected. Many have since wondered why the spirit only showed its darker nature by attacking Lou, and not either of the girls. This occurrence has been explained by the fact that the spirit may have seen Lou as an intruder into the space, and that when he threw the doll, he offended the spirit, causing it to lash out at him, while the girls had shown it nothing but kindness. Now fearing the malicious doll, the roommates soon sought help from an Episcopal priest named Father Hegan. But after investigating, he concluded there was little he could do to actually help. He then turned to his superior, Father Cook, who told the roommates to contact the Warrens, as they were probably the only people who would know what to do with an aggressive spirit. Ed and Lorraine Warren had already made a name for themselves by the 1970s as paranormal investigators. Hearing about the case, the Warrens expressed a great interest in investigating the Annabelle doll. Once the Warrens arrived, they quickly concluded that the medium had been wrong about the spirit and that the doll wasn't actually possessed. The medium had fallen for lies by believing that the doll had become possessed by the spirit of a young girl once it entered the apartment. The Warrens instead believed that a much more malevolent spirit was masquerading as a child named Annabelle in order to trick Donna and Angie into welcoming it. The Warrens stated that since the Raggedy Ann had been bought by Donna's mother secondhand at a hobby store, it was haunted and animated by an inhuman spirit the entire time, just waiting for someone to take it home. The inhuman spirit was said to be a devil or demon, 
seeking more than a place to be loved, but actually a human host to possess. Ed Warren said of the spirit of young Annabelle, Well, there was such a child, but God does not allow a child's spirit to go into a doll. This was a devil, a demon inside the doll, which was impersonating the spirit of a child. Most frightening of all, the Warrens believed that the malevolent spirit had set its sights on taking Donna's soul and possessing her body. The roommates were apparently lucky as the Warrens had arrived just in time to save them from the terrible fate of becoming the inhuman spirit's host. The Warrens stated that, had these experiences lasted another two or three more weeks, the spirit would have completely possessed, if not harmed or killed, one or all of the occupants in the house. After a year of dealing with the haunted Annabelle doll, the grateful roommates were happy to get rid of the harrowing object and hand it over to the Warrens for safekeeping, as the paranormal experts wanted to investigate the haunting further. The Episcopal priest then conducted a seven-page rite exorcism on the apartment at the request of the Warrens, and even blessed both Donna and Angie to keep them safe. The Warrens placed the doll in a bag and put it in the back seat of their car. As they brought the Annabelle doll home with them, Ed reportedly told his wife that the ride would not be easy, and that they should avoid the highway and traffic in case the spirit did anything to try to cause them harm. While driving, they began to experience difficulties with their car, such as the brakes no longer working, and the steering failed on multiple occasions, as if the spirit in the Annabelle doll didn't want to go with the Warrens and was trying to stop them from containing it. At one point, their car swerved violently around a sharp corner. Apparently, the Warrens had to pause their trip in order to sprinkle the doll with holy water and make the sign of a cross over it in an effort to settle the spirit. As soon as they used the holy water, all their car troubles stopped. Reportedly, as soon as the Warrens brought the Annabelle doll into their home, it began acting up. When Ed left the doll on his desk, he found it levitating, and it began to move around the rooms of their house, just as it had at Donna and Angie's apartment. They decided to put the doll in a locked office in a building away from the home, but they soon found it again in their house, sitting in Ed's chair. Allegedly, the Warrens actually called a Catholic priest to come and exercise Annabelle, which failed to work, and resulted in the priest's car brakes failing on his way home. His vehicle was totaled in the crash. The priest survived, but this incident opened the Warrens' eyes to just how dangerous the Annabelle doll was. There are some reports that the priest claimed to have seen Annabelle in his car's rearview mirror just before he crashed. The Warrens quickly built a large box specially made to contain Annabelle, created out of wood and glass and carved with both the Lord's Prayer and St. Michael's Prayer. It is housed at the occult museum the Warrens built in Connecticut. A sign on the glass warns that no one should ever touch the Annabelle doll and that the case should never be opened. The sealed box sits under a cross with a tarot card of the devil above the lock and it is secured with ritualistic prayers. Lorraine Warren explained that these are prayers that bind the evil, much like an electric fence for a dog. In order to keep the museum safe and the Annabelle doll from harming anyone, 
A priest also frequently visits to bless everything in the occult museum. Tony Spira, Lorraine Warren's son-in-law, who is also a paranormal investigator, even said, out of everything in the museum, that doll is what I'd be most frightened of. Though housed in an apparently safe case, the inhuman spirit of the Annabelle doll allegedly has powers that can extend beyond its box. The curators of the occult museum have said that because of the evil spirit, the Annabelle doll has the ability to kill people. Though the Annabelle doll is certainly terrifying, it hadn't actually seriously harmed anyone, not until it was finally placed at the Warren's Occult Museum. It appears that the curators were right, as the Annabelle doll has since reportedly killed someone. During a tour of the Occult Museum, Ed Warren led a group of curious and wary visitors through the various demonic items and haunted collection. When Ed Warren stopped before the case holding the innocent-looking Annabelle doll, a young man visiting the museum with his girlfriend proceeded to mock the doll and tap on the glass. He didn't take the warning written below the doll seriously, and even went so far as to prove his skepticism by taunting Annabelle to scratch him just as it had scratched Lou. For mocking the museum display, which Ed took very seriously, the man was told to leave. Allegedly, the visitor shortly died in a motorcycle crash after leaving the museum. Only three hours after departing, he lost control of his motorcycle, swerving to hit a tree. His girlfriend survived the crash, but had to recover in a hospital for over a year. Many people think the man's death was caused by the inhuman spirit of the Annabelle doll, who he offended. The man's girlfriend later revealed to Lorraine that just before the crash, the two of them had been joking about the doll. Though this incident is the only reported time that the Annabelle doll has killed, Spira later commented on the death, saying, Never take things like this lightly, thinking it's a joke. To this day, the Warren's daughter Judy refuses to even look the Annabelle doll in the eyes, fearing what it may do to her. Lorraine Warren commented on the doll's innocuous appearance, saying, Looks are deceiving. It's not what the doll looks like that makes it scary. It's what has been infused within the doll. Evil. The Warrens eventually consulted on the first Conjuring movie, where Annabelle makes her first movie appearance. The evil doll quickly sparked a deep fear in movie audiences and resulted in the franchise creating her own films featuring her origin story before she entered the Conjuring universe. Though the real story of Annabelle is terrifying, the movie follows a plot that is entirely fabricated and very loosely based on the truth of the Annabelle doll. Despite this, the Warrens have said that the warning and threat on the doll in the film is an accurate representation of the real doll's terrifying abilities and the lengths Annabelle may go to in order to find a human host. In early 2020, Frantic rumors began to circulate online that Annabelle had actually escaped the confines of her special box and was roaming free in Connecticut. People were understandably terrified by this prospect, but Tony Spira, the worn son-in-law, spoke out and cleared up these misgivings in a video, showing the Annabelle doll still sitting eerily still, safe and sound, enshrouded in the haunting red glow of her case. 
Spira reassured concerned netizens that the museum takes high security measures and that he would instantly know if Annabelle ever did decide to sneak out and wreak havoc once again. Annabelle still remains in the locked wooden case today, her raggedy and doll face smiling pleasantly out at passers-by, the evil inhuman spirit waiting within. If you're feeling brave, you can go visit Annabelle, but whatever you do, do not open the case. <laughs> 